You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. We are grateful to have you with us. This is Father Craig Vasek, your host from Bismarck at the University of Mary. Did you know that you can listen to Real Presence Live and any of the daily programs you hear on RPR via our app? Simply go to the App Store on your phone and search for Real Presence Radio. Once downloaded, Real Presence Radio is accessible anywhere you are at any time. So if you don't have the RPR app yet, go to your App Store now and download it as you listen to our next interview, which happens to be my dear mentor, prior rector, and continual spiritual helper, Monsignor Gregory Schlesman of the Diocese of Fargo. Monsignor, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Father Vasek. Good to hear your voice. Good yes, to be with you. Yes, it's great to be with you. So what we want to chat about today for our uh, listening audience to take in uh, from uh, two priests chatting about uh, the life of faith, the life of the Spirit, uh, Holy Week in particular, two two things that we want to talk about. One, just Holy Week in, in general, but then maybe to delve into some thoughts uh, about this Holy Week, which is uh, very particular, uh, the absence of many, most, almost all, people from uh, the public liturgies of the Church. Um, so that causes a very interesting facet for both the priests, uh, who are um, setting up video cameras and uh, trying to figure out these different angles and without people, uh, and then the people who are probably watching on a screen from their home or from somewhere else. So this is our topic for uh, for the next half an hour, and we can start however we want. So, Monsignor, um, what what is Holy Week, or what are, what are you up to during Holy Week? Well, um, my Holy Week is is a little bit uh, oddly enough, a little bit like like it usually is in the sense that um, interviews or, or uh, appointments with people. Um, I do spiritual direction for a good number of people. Uh, uh, many of those appointments are actually by phone or digitally. Um, I, as a normal course, because the people are, are at a distance. Uh, for example, last night I did marriage preparation with a couple um, on uh, on you know a, an online platform for meetings. So, uh, and those kinds of activities, you know, fill up the schedule pretty quickly. Um, yeah. And of course, preparation for for the Triduum, um, knowing of course that we're not going to be, as you mentioned, we're not going to be able to celebrate it in the normal way. Uh, this is an extraordinary circumstance, uh, never in my lifetime, and I'm older than you. <laughs> um, <laughs> has this ever occurred? And I and I so it's, but at the same time, I think spiritually, uh, the preparation in a sense is the same. Uh, we don't, um, we still. Uh, are going to be invited into this this great mystery of of Christ giving His life for us and rising to new life, and so uh, I think there's a beautiful invitation for us to to move into the interior, um, given the circumstances that prevent us from physically being together uh, as we would normally be with the with the faithful. Right. Well, we can we can open up a number of these topics that you've just brought first back to the uh, the aspect of. Um, the continuation of things maybe via different platform and you gave some examples from your ministry uh the normal course is is really going on of uh, pastoral care uh for others it's just in in a lot of time in a lot of ways um through the phone or the computer uh more so than than uh in times past 
Um, so that's the way that a lot of people are finding just their ordinary life. Uh, anyway, uh, there's so many people who are working remotely from their jobs, uh, now communicating via Zoom or Google Teams or all these different things. So many different digital uh, platforms that I didn't even know existed. All of a sudden, I've got uh, uh, access to and I'm using for the first time with so many different people. So, um, so that's just happening for a lot of people um, just in general for their normal course of life. Now, some people's lives have been incredibly interrupted. Uh, um, but uh, for some people, and I don't know if it's a majority or minority, uh, things just are different, not necessarily completely, uh, completely interrupted in a, in a dramatic way. So, so there's just that on the, on the natural level. And then we bring that to, um, to the, to the experience of the liturgies. Um, and as you said, in, in one way, uh, it's, it's normal. I mean, I, in my, in a recent homily, I think it was on Saturday before Palm Sunday, um, I was just, I had been praying about how people are feeling, uh, and what they're up to. And I'd heard from a lot of people how they're, how they're experiencing the, the absence of being with the worshiping community, the absence of being, um, at the Holy Mass or various other sacraments and rites and the absence of being able to receive Holy Communion and, uh, so many things. And, um, hearing that it's, it's, you know, it's hard to hear that, um, so in the homily, anyway, and just maybe to get some comment from you on this, in the homily, not on my homily, but on just the idea itself. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I, in the homily, I said, uh, this may be the most unique that we've ever experienced, uh, very different, very strange, or however, whatever words we might use to modify our Holy Week experience. Um, but the Holy Week narrative doesn't change. <laughs> it is still Jesus doing the great work of redeeming the world. Uh, and like John's Gospel, chapter 12 through 20, doesn't change. It's the same Gospel this week, whether we're at home or whether we're able to be at a church. And so I tried to bring people into that, uh, that constancy, I guess, uh, of uh, what we're about, regardless of where we find ourselves in relation to it. So, thoughts uh, in response to, to that idea? Yeah, absolutely. I would I would completely concur because it, it, the the whole point of Holy Week, the whole point of the the Paschal Triduum, is is the centrality of what God does, and not the centrality of what we do, and the mystery of of the salvific act of Jesus, the, the outpouring of his love for us, uh, in so many ways and in so many moments of, of this whole story, of this narrative of, of salvation, are, uh, are ones that, that are constant, that are unchanging. Once, once Jesus, as St. Paul tells us, it reminds us, you know, he died once for all. He died, he gave his life once in the history of of humanity, and and that same mystery becomes present here and now, uh, in a new uh, revived way, if you will. And I think it's um, it's a beautiful uh, invitation for us to to think less of what we do. And you know, as human beings, we have that tendency. You know, we're kind of preoccupied, I think, at times with uh, what we see, what's obvious, what's right in front of us, and. Uh, by this strange circumstance of the pandemic, uh, there might be an invitation for us to really be more attentive to what God is doing, how he is accomplishing our salvation, and to really let him take center stage uh, in our hearts, in our minds, in our imaginations, in our memories, to really recognize that 
the most important acts or actions of of the history of the world are always going to be those of God. And I think that there's a, a particular richness that uh, that the Lord, who is not limited, by the way, by the by the absence of sacraments. He's not. I mean, obviously, we want to be able to celebrate the sacraments together. We want. There's so many things that are uh, that are difficult, that are a sorrow, that are a suffering in the separation that we're experiencing now. But at the same time, I think it's also hopeful for us to remember God is not limited by that, and He can give us super abundant graces in the midst of this pandemic. Um, even in the context of being isolated from one another. This, I want to come back to this right now. I want to hammer this home. I want you to repeat everything you just said, but in, in new words, because this is exactly what we need to hear, Monsignor. Uh, Father Craig Vasek here, your host for Real Presence Live. I'm visiting with Monsignor Gregory Schlesselman, a priest of the Diocese of Fargo in North Dakota. And we're talking about Holy Week in general, and also Holy Week with regard to um, the particular circumstances of, of this year. Uh, and so in one sense, we're seeing that uh, things are the same. Uh, it's the same. It's the same uh, commemoration of the the great act of God in the person of Jesus Christ for the salvation of the world, and we're also seeing that is different um, in in our own subjective experience, uh, in that we will not be necessarily at the churches. We'll be maybe watching the screens, and so a person, as you've rightly already articulated, Monsignor, and just to make sure that we're grasping the 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 breadth of people's emotional responses to this, there is a sad for some there's an anger for some there's a shock to some there's a sort of a hopelessness or despair for some and the range of uh, emotions go on and on um, so you have just spoken a word that I think we need to just speak again <laughs> which is which is what uh, that Jesus that God is not bound by the sacramental mode. Now, this is this is shocking and, and almost sounds heretical to people. That's why I want to come back to it. That God is not bound by the sacramental encounter. Of course, it is it is our desire to be at it, um, but that He is not bound to that, and that He can give superabundant grace. Say all of that. Just say it all again, Monsignor. Sure. Okay. We'll just have uh, our tech guy repeat it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the, the the mystery is this: is that you know. Uh, this is not in any way, shape, or form a, um, an undervaluing of the, of the sacraments, of the, you know, the normal way in which we experience the sacramental life. Um, obviously, Christ instituted the sacraments. He intends for us in the normal course of things uh, to be able to receive them uh, physically, corporally, you know, to, to actually be in church with one another, um, to experience in common this tremendous gift of God acting upon our hearts and our lives, uh, but together with our brothers and sisters, so that all of that is is part of God's plan. However, uh, it's really good for us to just never forget that God is absolutely sovereign over everything, including, you know, what may seem like uh, something that just levels humanity and, um, you know, stops everything in its tracks, uh, you know, even if it were more severe than what we're experiencing now, the truth is that God is still sovereign over all of it. And he does not intend to lessen the gift of himself, which is the gift of grace. Uh, he does not intend to lessen that simply because uh, we are prevented by means that are beyond our control uh, to, uh, to receive him. And so what really, what it points to, I think, is both the sovereignty of God 
and and also his 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 divine generosity he doesn't limit himself in the gift of himself and that's what that's what Jesus reveals in a very concrete incarnational way on the cross he, he gave everything even to the point even in death of allowing his heart to be pierced to be poured forth in, in an ultimate gift if you will and I think that also it's an invitation for us to recognize and this is something that an attitude we should always have whether you know even when we're able to and hopefully soon able to return to the normal reception of the sacraments uh, that we would look to him and desire from him the gift of a superabundance of his grace to put no limit to what we ask of God to ask him to show us indeed how generous he actually is and to allow us to receive more of his grace precisely we're, because we're in greater need because we're not able to receive Jesus in the Eucharist uh, the vast majority of us we're not able to uh, to to be with each other, uh, which is an enormously uh, significant thing for us to pray together. Uh, it's not, you know, all these things that are very human, very, uh, very good and beautiful, um, we're deprived of right now. And of course, all the anxiety, the things that you just mentioned in terms of the, the anxiety of the future, what, what does the, my future look like? And so therefore we, we do need him. We need him all the more, uh, you know, there's a there's a pressing need in our hearts and in our lives for for the Lord, and so so let's ask him. Let's be bold and ask him for even more grace than than what we might normally ask him of, and and realize that he will delight in in giving those graces in the gift of his life. All right. So a person is listening and they're saying, um, Monsignor is telling me that I need even more grace now than before. And they're like, that's exactly the point, Monsignor. This is a time that I need more grace than before, but I can't go to the place to get the grace that I need, which is in the sacraments. What you're saying uh, is, is a gentle response to that cry for help is that the Lord is available wherever they are to give them that extra that whatever the grace is that they need that he knows he can give it to them wherever they are they're not missing the thing that they need he is available to them yes yes that's exactly it so i want to use an image that came to my mind i'm not trying to go into some sort of reductionistic heresy here but it's just a just a a simple sort of illustration that we can clarify and, and work out so let's say well, it is the case that all grace from God comes to us through Christ Jesus, principally at the cross. All right, so hold the image of Christ crucified, all grace coming through him, through, his, through the instrument of his body. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm crafting a picture in my mind, Monsignor, of at least two, um, let's say, aqueducts or uh, pipes or uh, some sort of vessels that are coming forth from Christ. Um, one, we can label sacramental grace and it's a let's say it's a very very beautiful aqueduct and it's carrying the grace that god wants to give from christ to us through that pipe and that's the sacrament pipe then i'm seeing a second pipe right next to the sacrament pipe uh which is non-sacramental grace (laughs) i guess is what i'm labeling it in my mind uh and it's still coming from christ uh it is uh still beautiful and it is still bringing from christ to us grace uh, so this is maybe too elementary of a kind of a recap of what you're saying, but the grace that comes from Christ through the sacraments, God can continue to give to us through Christ through other means. 
Yes, because, I mean, you're right, absolutely, all grace does come through Jesus. There's no question about that. He's the Savior, the unique Savior of the world. He is the one who reconciles us to the Father, so all grace. Um, he is, you know, the grace of the head, as St. Thomas Aquinas yeah. would say. Um, so that's absolutely true. But, you know, if we start to think about salvation, you know, kind of in the big picture, um, it might be more readily understandable for people to to remember that, if, you know, and people, if you ask people, you know, of course God gives us grace in the sacraments, but there are all kinds of people for whom uh, the sacraments are unavailable in the normal course of things, or for whom the sacraments aren't important, they have never encountered them, they have no understanding of them, um, and yet God's grace, you know, if you think about people who come become Catholic, you know, who didn't experience the Eucharist, for example, and then discover, encounter the Lord in some new way, and he invites them into a fullness of faith. Well, clearly it was grace that operated in their hearts and in their lives that moved them to make that first step in the first place. So it's it's clear that God is is not is not limited in that regard. And he and he wants us to uh, to have a trust and a confidence in him. And I think, I think maybe kind of as, you know, going off of what you said earlier, you know, the, a great way to, to approach this Holy Week in this setting is, is first of all, to remember and, and even consciously become aware of the fact that God is with me. He is here with me right now, no matter where I am, no matter what is happening in, in my life, no matter what I'm faced with, that, the sovereign God, who is infinite truth and goodness and love, is here for me and with me right now. And I can turn to him, and, and what I like to suggest to people is, is tell him, just simply in the most human, ordinary way, tell him what's going on. Tell him what you're experiencing. He knows it already, but he, he delights in us going to him and bringing ourselves to him as we are. And whether it's good, bad, or different, whatever's happening. But then ask him to reveal what he sees, what he wants us to know and understand about our current situation, about what's happening in my life, about what's going on in my heart, about the fears that I, or anxieties or distress that I might be experiencing because of all this. And then what does he want to do? What is he actually already doing? How is he saving me right now? And what does he continue to want to do so that what I can do is essentially what Mary did at the Annunciation and what she did at the foot of the cross is say yes to what he is doing. Mm -hmm. And like I, like I said earlier, I do think it's really, the, it's, it's, there's just a profound invitation for us to really notice and allow our hearts to be centered on the action of God, his laboring in love for my salvation, for my goodness, for my happiness, for, for my healing. I mean, you can, you can list so many of the things that his love wants to accomplish in us, and he is actively laboring in love for each and every one of us, no matter where we find ourselves. Yeah. Brothers and sisters, this is Father Craig Vosick, your host for Real Presence Live this morning. I'm visiting now with Monsignor Gregory Schlesselman of the Diocese of Fargo. We're speaking about Holy Week uh, as kind of a spiritual view of Holy Week in general, but also Holy Week in this particular uh, year that we find ourselves with the COVID-19 pandemic and how how that changes things, but how th how certain things are still the same. In fact, the foundational things are are still the same. Jesus Christ is saving the world.
um, Monsignor, I want to, I, I might be belaboring this point, but I want to stay on it for just a little bit longer uh, with regard to um, not being a present at the, at the sacramental liturgy for so many people and, uh, and what that, whether that means that they're actually missing out on grace or whether they are, have access to the same grace. What you've been sharing with us is that um, even as God is, I'm summarizing in my own words what you've been saying, even as God is always at work and he's always giving us grace and, and the primary means of him giving us graces is through these beautiful gifts of the sacraments, he's not bound by that and he's able to give grace just as, it could be just as much or even more if he wanted to. I mean, he can do whatever he wants even apart from the sacraments. Now, I just want to stay on this point for a moment longer, because a lot of places are making use of this thing called the act of spiritual communion. Um, during the Mass, as the priest is, is communicating from the sacramental species, somebody might be reciting this act of spiritual communion for the people who are not present at the liturgy, who are not sacramentally communing, for them to make this act of spiritual communion. So at one point, I want to say something about how how beautiful that is and how much I like it. And I also want to make a critique of the prayer, and you can correct me, I'm fine with that, of how I think it's it undermines uh, what's going on here, in a way. And I, and I wish we would rewrite this prayer, actually. Uh, but maybe I'm just misunderstanding it. So in, this, in a typical uh, act of spiritual communion, it says something like, even though I'm not able to receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. And I just don't like that word, at least. Because in my mind, what it's basically telling us is that it's going to be in a lesser way, this spiritual coming of God is going to be a lesser way than if he would have come to me in the sacrament. And it basically saying in the prayer, um, I know that uh, I'm getting gypped right now, but like, uh, give me a second place prize or something like that. And I just, maybe I'm misunderstanding that language or maybe I'm misunderstanding the theology. So this is my question to you, Monsignor. I'm glad that we're making this prayer, but in my mind, the prayer should read something like this. Um, Lord Jesus Christ, I cannot receive you sacramentally right now. All the same, you can come in powerful ways and visit me by your divine indwelling, by your grace. And so I claim that uh, in this time, or something like that, some sort of, you know, exclamatory prayer. Um, thoughts, reflections on this. You can correct me, Monsignor, I don't mind. Sure. Yeah, I think, well, you should sit down and write out of that, that newly revised <laughs> Act of Spiritual Communion. I think the reason, I think the reason probably... Uh, depending upon what you know, what version of it. There's a there's a couple different versions yeah. out there. Yeah. But I do think that probably the concern of uh, the author of that phrase um, might have been um, a concern not to undervalue the actual reception of the Eucharist. Right. Uh, because it is, it you know, it, it's a commandment. You know, Jesus says, "Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you." Um, he instituted the Eucharist on Holy Thursday. He, we all know that as Catholics, you know, you must receive communion at least once a year. Um, you know, it's that's part of our Easter duty. Um, obviously, the Lord wants us to receive it every time we go to Mass. Um, but but the point is, I think, to that there's a desire not to give the impression, the, the mistaken impression, of course, but the impression nonetheless, uh, that the, the actual participation in the sacraments is something I can just easily and whimsically replace with a spiritual uh, act that while well, I'm out there fishing or something, you know. Right. And I think that's the intent, is to communicate to Catholics, no, there's something incarnational and important about you actually going to Mass, mm -hmm. going to church, 
receiving the Eucharist in a, in a concrete, incarnational way. And that's the normal way of doing it. Mm-hmm. But I do agree that, um, that we are mistaken if we undervalue at the same time uh, the generosity of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we, I, I do think it, it, we should claim his generosity towards yeah, us. It, yeah. I think it shows greater trust and hope uh, that he, he wants to bless us always. This is his standing position. Uh, he always wants to bless us in superabundant ways. And so why not? We, we need the grace. We are deprived of the normal way. So why not ask him for even more? Um, I think that's that's the the best way to honor him, to honor the gift of his life, and to honor the zeal with which, uh, the divine zeal, if you will, that he, as he said himself, said Jesus said shortly before the, his own passion, you know how um, it's fire that he wants to cast upon the earth, and how he longs for the baptism with which he must be baptized, and of course he was referring to the passion, he was referring to his outpouring gift of himself. So to honor that, say, okay, Jesus, you died for me, therefore you're willing to give me everything. So why not now, here, in this circumstance? I was thinking of uh, Thomas Aquinas asked the question about, I mean, I'm not going to go into all the distinctions here. We only have a couple minutes left, but he was going through a question of what if a priest invalidly offers the mass? And so the bread never changes into the body of Christ. And what if the people then adore that bread because it's not Jesus, it's actually only bread. Are they committing idolatry? He says, absolutely not, because what Christ has intended, uh, the people can still receive from. Same, uh, uh, he asked the question, what if the priest invalidly offers the mass and the people receive Holy Communion? Are they just, are they receiving no grace at all? Or are they, what, are, what are they receiving? And Thomas's response, now it's not the authoritative teaching of the church, but his response is, no, they receive the same grace as if Christ were in the sacrament because that's what they were hoping for. And they have a right to expect from the church what the church says she's going to give, even if the priest wickedly does something uh, wrong or just, you know. So, uh, like, God is, he's, this a recap of it all is that God is so generous. He has given us stable means to receive him. He is able to work above and beyond them in extraordinary circumstances which we find ourselves in. In our last uh, minute, Monsignor, um, are there any things that you've thought about that people can practically do at home uh, during this Holy Week since they can't be at the parish? Yes, I think think, um, maybe the primary thing is is going to be prayer, um, where they participate remotely in some way in the liturgy and prepare that by by really you know looking over the readings praying with them you know and like in Lexio Divina um, but also reading the gospels of the passion accounts um, of of Jesus and his suffering um, praying the rosary especially the sorrowful mysteries with Mary asking her to share with you uh, what she prayed with what she was praying about and to really Ask the Lord to help you to be with him, to be with Jesus in his suffering, because he came to be with us. Amen. Monsignor, thanks for being with us today to speak so beautifully of Holy Week. Thank you, Father. Good to be with you again. God bless. Everybody, we'll move from the Diocese of Fargo to the Diocese of Bismarck to talk to Father Nick Schneider about Holy Week and the Triduum. Stay with us. Stay with us. 